I think one of the the most awesome parts of being a writer is being able to take those moments where you look at your hometown and go, well, you know what? What this place really needs is a nuke up its ass. <laughs> and then nowadays they have all the tools for you to sit there and go, wow, I can simulate this. Well, that's pretty cool. Now I can write about it. Plans. I, howdy, Brett. Wow, it's like nobody here. It's just Brett. Oh, another second person. Well, you somebody's else, somebody else is coming. Here. We just started. We've been on air for like 15 seconds. This is why we usually continue these boring stories. This is true. Yeah, Terry that uh, that map is pretty good. Let me let me go ahead and share that, you know, with folks here. That we we were just talking about nuclear explosions and detonations and there there's tools to simulate how bad things got, get. <laughs> there you go. How's that? That looks pretty bad. What's going that direction? That's pretty bad. The Welsh contingent is here. Hey, Matt. We'll have to throw that in the Discord live. That link. Gave Wales. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I have no response to any of, of what Chad is doing. I just know that they're nope. trouble. But we're glad to see y'all. So the cool thing about talking about this and these days with Google Maps and everything else is I've been able to map out, I was telling this earlier, but I found a, a depth finder, essentially a depth map, fisherman's depth map for all of Clear Lake, which is a body of water that, that features in this, this book. So I can map out exactly where things happen, exactly how many meters of water you're in. So I can make things as much as as... as explicitly accurate as I can without going overboard. But there are reasons why I need to know where that is because it changes behavior and strategy and all those kinds of things. But it's been glorious. It's a wonderful age we live in as far as the research goes, if you want to call it that. Do you call it research if you're just looking at links and running somebody else's shit? Yeah. No, I, I was able to call it research when we went to uh, Atlanta for a family vacation. And I made sure that we took a walk and took pictures and ate at certain places that were mentioned in Secret World Chronicles so that I knew exactly what would happen if I destroyed something. Ah. Um, so, yeah. Ah. And then I got yelled at by readers for saying, you can't do that. I walk there every day. Now I'm visualizing this. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks. For the compliment. Brent brought up a point the other day that one of the restaurants I mentioned or one of the bars I mentioned in Gary's Inferno is no longer there. And it was kind of an what important part. What did you part. do? We did nothing. But places I, I mentioned disappear. So I'm going to have to mention the George R. Brown in another book because I keep hoping that thing will disappear. Mm. <laughs> but that's just me. With that, it's time to say howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Deathbot Society. I'm Paul E. Cooley. Joining me, as always, almost always, Veronica Jaguer and Terry Mixon. How the hell are you people? Tired. Here. You look tired. You both look tired. It's Why been are you tired? busy. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, Yesterday yeah. was exceptionally busy doing things that I shouldn't have had to, had, had to do. All right, all right. Since you're in a bitch I, I, mode, this, this... go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we'll let V finish after you're done. Oh, no, no, no. I want, I want to hear all this. I want to hear yeah. this. Well, when I was at 20 Books, another author that I was talking to uh, and I made an agreement to go ahead and for me to purchase a firearm from him and have it shipped down here, which is cool. Now, I, I like that happening. That's something I can go in my range bag and, and I'll, I'll be happy with that. I've got plans for that. Unfortunately, the firearms dealer that he dealt with sent it by the Postal Service. Oh. Which, for pistols, is not authorized. Not supposed to happen. Uh-oh. Did this result in it getting bounced? It did not get bounced, but when we contacted the, um, the place that it was being shipped to here, they said, well, unfortunately for you, the Postal Service doesn't deliver to us. We've had problems for an entire year of them delivering anything to us, even our mail. 
They just don't seem to think our address exists at all. And I was like, really? So we watched the tracking number. (laughs) We watched the tracking number. We watched it arrive and go out for delivery. And a couple of hours later, later, it was marked as not a valid address, return to sender. Mm. And so I went to the post office and had a, a fairly long discussion with a supervisor saying, I know that the store is there. It's, it's a real address. I paid $55 to have something shipped there. I'd like to request that your driver go back by and actually drop off the mail. <laughs> and it did, in fact, work, and they did, in fact, go back and drop off the mail. But what a huge pain in the ass that was. That's annoying as shit. Did they have a bunch of, you know, not delivered mail, just bring it in a couple crates? If they <laughs> no, they just, if they get mail, they just, they just send it back to wherever it came from. Pretend it never happened. Wow. It's, it's terrible. To my my wife advised them to contact the Postmaster General. Because apparently it's right on the borderline between League City and Dickinson. Oh. And the two postal services are saying... Not our, not our basket. Gotcha. This address is not in our, in our side. Mm. Uh, my wife went to make a complaint, and the Dickinson address is the only one the federal system recognized as valid. So I suspect they're using the wrong address. But the Postal Service could have fixed this problem by telling them what they needed to do, rather than dragging it out for a year. So I got my firearm... But, oh my gosh, it took a lot of talking. And, of course, while we were there, my wife said, you know, maybe we should get a year's membership. <laughs> a year's membership okay. what? To the Texas Gun Club. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. If we pay the membership for a year, we don't have to pay range fees. We get discounts on a bunch of other stuff. Get access to their to their lounge area that's members only. That kind of nonsense. So, Merry Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. My wife wants to go up and do some recreational shooting anyway. I've been wanting to get back into reloading. So, it's a, it's a kick in the pants to go ahead and do that. Now, wait a minute. How are you, are you going to start hiring the cats out, you know, for reloading duties? Because you, you, pretty soon you've got more cats than you have reloading areas. This is true. I have one reloading area and plenty of cats. <laughs> one of the cats lives in the reloading area. So that's going to be fun. Oh, my God. The last couple of days have just been various things going on that I had to spend time dealing with. Finally, it's all cleared out. My schedule is clear and I can do stuff again. Ammo, Ammo cats. cats. I, I just love this idea. I'm, I'm sorry, V. I just love this idea of uh, um, the cats sitting there doing the reloading and grumbling. And him, you know, he's got like a... And for every round they load, a little bit of food gets lowered. So it's kind of like the, the reverse of the pit and the pendulum, <laughs> so to speak. You want it to lower, but then like gerbils, you've got to make the rounds, got to make the rounds, got to make the rounds. I think it would just be awesome. <laughs> got that in my head. I'm just thinking Ammo Cats sounds like the name of you know, some feline Merc unit or, you know. Yeah, Ammo Cats. Now, unit. what I'm going to do with this, this new oh. pistol, it's, the new pistol is the same exact model. Well, it's an older version of the same model that I use as a carry pistol now. And I'm going to go ahead and send the slide off and have it machined and put a reflex sight on it. Little red dot sight. Because I've been wanting one. And it's a good way to go ahead and see if I'm going to like that on my carry piece or not. And it'll still be a gun to go in the range bag. See, he's got all his shit figured out. What about you, V? Do you have your shit figured out? Are you kidding me? No. Is this a joke? No. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> teenagers, what shit do you think I ever have figured out? Well, how was your no. Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was manageable. Um, Thanksgiving is my least favorite holiday. It's just, it's... There, there's... There, there's a lot of, growing up. There was a lot of baggage around it, and um, that that's that is a story for another time. Um, but it's my least favorite holiday, and I usually cope by cooking. Um, 
but my mother-in-law and I trade off. And it's basically it's whoever claims it first. If I had it my way, I'd claim both Thanksgiving and Christmas and cut the house down and just be happy. Yeah. Um, I did not get that choice. So she claimed Thanksgiving, which means I get Christmas. But I wound up baking. Um, and going over, seeing family, and met my son's girlfriend. She is lovely. Um, and they're adorable together. Um, nobody, nobody fought too much. Let's try that. And <laughs> they, they were, no they were left, was there was left in the pie. So, you know, I'll call it a win. And in between all that, I managed to finish the first week of my, um, my 10 page promise. So the thing that happened was the thing is the thing that happened was, okay. So, um, my daughter qualified for nationals again this year for bowling. We went last year to Indianapolis. It's a two week trip. It costs money. And I'm like, okay, so what I, I often need some initiative or, you know, reason to do things long-term goals. So I was like, okay, well I can get this, this story written and put it on the market and see if I can, you know, help defray the cost of the travel because it's in Detroit this year. Uh, Oddly enough, I can justify part of the trip to Detroit for research um, because a project that I'm working on with my writing mentor, the group is, their headquarters are in Detroit. So I can justify that if I need to. Um, anyway, but I was like, okay, so how do I, how do I get this project started? And I told my daughter, I was like, what if I do this? What if I have to owe you 10 pages by the end of the week? Because right now I'm going to be recording. I've got projects to record. I can't really set a day aside to, right? So every Saturday I have to be ready to hand over 10 handwritten pages of this second chance romance thing. And I have reread it. I, I finished them. I finished it yesterday. Um, it's probably about 2,500, maybe 3,000 words. It is a first chapter. Maybe two chapters once I flush it out and do more. Um, but it's the first thing I could hand to her. Does she want to read it? No, she bet. She's like, no, nah, I don't want to see it right now. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, kid. But at least it's done. And I've got the first bit written. So I can keep going. And I'm doing my best to not get stuck in the... I have to outline this. No, you have a general idea. Just go. The ideas are going to change. Just go. So hopefully I will have... That's not working with your OCD. <laughs> um, so I do have... I, I did like write out... Is it there? No, wrong notebook. There's another notebook here somewhere um, that actually has each of the beats for the romance mm -hmm. with general ideas for scenes, but I'm not really, really going into it. And I'm not touching Scrubbiner. I'm just, I'm going to handwrite as much as I can, because if I have a pen and a piece of paper, I have no excuse. That is true. You can't, you have no excuse to write it and not go back and change it. You, you can't right. go back and change it. It's there. Right. And if I do go back and change it, I'm just like, I'm drawing a line and then, you know, writing through. So that, and I'm two hours away from finishing another audiobook because that's due on Monday. So, yay, more magic cats. More magic cats. Yeah, it kills a unicorn. It's pretty cool. Unicorns are. Well, uh -huh. yeah. unicorn steaks, good. I just well, remember or, narrating something about how a unicorn hit a tree and it hit the tree so hard that its spine kind of wrapped around such that its tail and its head, its head touched. Uh, it was dead. I think so. Uh-huh. On that cheering note. <laughs> so, Mr. Horror Writer, how about you? Um, but then still work, still working on extinction, getting that puppy done. And, uh, uh, 
I figured out I had I created the problem today, and then I I asked Terry a question, and that led into other madness, and and, and then we like, destroyed Houston, and then we destroyed Houston in various ways before the show started, <laughs> as one does, as one does. So for the first time, I'm actually looking at at some pretty severe weapons of mass distraction and destruction. So uh, yeah, it's fun, but uh, I'm getting there. I've got I gave myself. Till the end of the month to get Extinction's first draft done, and I think I'll make it. Pretty sure I'll make it. I have four scenes, I think, left to write of the major stuff, and then the epilogue is going to suck. But I think Why I can get... Why is the epilogue going to suck? Because I have no idea the kind of shit I want to include in it. So I may be writing into the dark, complete darkness on that one because it's going to all going to depend on how the book ends and how the book ends. Will I don't know who's going to survive yet. So you're saying it could just be glub 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 dot dot dot, and that's it. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's why I'm not going to make that it to happen that way. You know, we don't want to say there's a brilliant flash and that's the end of the book. You know, we don't want that. That's that that'd be bad. That would be the ultimate reader throw the book across the room and dox me and swap me. God only knows what else. We don't need that shit. <laughs> Jesus, we all know Paul is like, you get a body bag. You get a body bag. Everyone gets a body bag. Yeah, but everybody gets a body bag, but they don't necessarily get stuff inside it. It's just kind of a memento mori to remind them each that uh, time might come. So it's like one of those mystery boxes during the Black Friday sale for 10 bucks. You don't know what's in it, but you're going to grab it and see what's inside later. Well, let's put it this way. If it's unrolled, I think there's something inside it. That's probably a pretty good bet. Probably a pretty good okay. bet. He's <laughs> my body bags designer. Brett's so, talking about Kate Spade body bag right there. Calvin Klein, Christy Dior, Gucci. What are we talking here? Good year. Body bag <laughs> yeah, today's topics, firearms, dead unicorns, and military advice. Yeah, that's how my day is going, or our days are going. Which reminds me, I had a schedule this year, and it got completely effed. I mean, in so many ways, it just can't even be counted. So, I've given up on making schedules. I will no longer do it. I now have plans, goals. Okay. Like a goal, general enough is we will get a goddamn book out in first fucking quarter, 2020, fucking four, even it takes me getting somebody in a dentist chair. Okay. That's happening. The same thing with Q2, the same thing with Q3, the same thing with Q4. I now have all these titles lined up. I, I could publish five next year, but it's not my goal. My goal is to go back to my original goal, which was to get four next fucking year. And failing that, we'll get the black. See, because the series is completely out next year. Period. End of story. Finito. Maybe not Nadio, because who knows? But you know, it will be done. It will be out, and that will be that. So, since I have come down so hard on my idea that schedules are for suckers who actually don't, you know, incur the wrath of karma and chaos and have eldritch gods peeking over their shoulder going, ooh, let's fuck with this. Let's push this button of my life. Uh, what about you? And why are you thinking about this now that we're in, still in November? Are you usually supposed to be thinking about this beginning of the year or December 20th or something like that? I... So I've spent the past couple of years going, like I usually, I start by looking at the past year and I wind up, yes, Brett, Terry kisses the cats while Paul is talking and it really does. You don't get the full experience if you're not watching the video and we apologize because Sassy's just too freaking cute. She loves her daddy so much. Yeah, yes, she yeah, does. Yeah, She's a cute yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just a buzzing up a storm. Do you look at I'm how the previous year hear went? anything through that floof? Damn. So 
anyway, what I usually, what I've done in the past is I've used a, um, I've kind of, I've used kind of a, a goal, a, like, what's the word? I want to say oh, no. damage report, but that's not quite it. A, like a debrief, <laughs> kind of going through and looking at the past it's an after year. action report. Thank you. So after action report, I go back and I do it partly so I can be prepared when it's time to do taxes and to make sure my numbers match up with everybody else's. Um, so it, there's it's it's a financial assessment, but it's also, you know, what leads into that. So how many books did I finish? Um, did I get anything written this year? Did I, you know, what are, what's the process there? And then what else happened? Because a lot of times, I think one thing I've learned is you can't plan in a bubble. Some people can use schedules because their life is that predictable and they've got those boundaries. And others of us, we have to be flexible because of the roles that we have, especially if you're in that sandwich generation where you are responsible for older relatives um, and or responsible for younger people. And why not both? <laughs> why, why not both in there doing that? Um, so you have to kind of assess, well, yeah, so I should have gotten this much done. But on the flip side, what else happened? So did someone get sick? Did I get sick? Did, you know, I I have to look at, I can say, oh my gosh, nothing happened in the third quarter. But I can also go, excuse me, you had shoulder surgery. And you tried to be the responsible person by not scheduling work so that you could take time to heal. Oh, oh, I was, I was kind to myself. Nobody gets points necessarily for being kind to themselves unfortunately this is true. Um, nobody gets points for anything which is no. weird why am i gamifying this but but to to look at everything all together and not only financials not only word count not only completed projects because when you are working for yourself as most writers and creatives do you, it's very, very hard to separate what happens at home from what happens with your work. And so when you're looking at plans, it's like, okay, so if I'm planning for the next year, what are the things that always happen? What are the cycles that always happen? So. I could not foresee the three months that I lost because of the car wreck, COVID, mom, mm -hmm. mom, job. Actually, I guess four or five months and then the crash of all that shit. Could not yeah. have forecast any of that. This has been an amazingly shitty year. But I learned a couple of lessons because of it. So. Which is certainly valuable because those you have you have experience and potential contingency plans if you know shit hits the fan again. Hi Millie. Ooh, hello JR. Wow. I know I was just thinking here. about him the Love other day because you know, I was voicing Neptune's cars and, uh, you know, his uh, his namesake, his doppelgangers in that book, the useless, useless private. He's uh, useless privates. Yeah, he has kids, right? Anyway, uh, so uh, I was just thinking about GJR. Good to see you. Good to see you. What I learned was that I need to lock down cover dates. I need to lock down and say, this is when I need this. I don't give a shit. You know, this is the date. Can you do that or not? And that needs to be the way it is. And that goes on the calendar. And that means it's got to be done. And I have to keep, I'm going to have to be better about doing that and bird dogging that and everything else. And I'm going to never make the mistake of thinking I actually know what's going to happen with the publisher. So how do you bird dog something like that when it's, an artist's schedule that's up in the air and more chaotic. How, how do you do that? It's just going to mean I'm going to have to be a little bit more uh, bothersome at times, which I have not. Been. So communication problems are probably on my end, but I'm going to fix that. 
So it's just a matter of I need to line this stuff up. And if somebody can't do, you know, doesn't have time for the work, I understand that, you know, whatever it is. Or if it's not a cover that's in their wheelhouse or if it's better served something else, that's all just business. You know, it can't be anything personal. It's just business. But I need to, you know, make sure that I get some dates that I can live with. And, you know, I'm sure the people that I, I work with, if I get a date and we agree on a date, they'll make it. It's not a problem. We just didn't do that. So there we go. So that's why I have so many books with no covers and no and the layouts are languishing right now. <laughs> but we're over that. It's not going to happen next year. We're going to go forward, blindly forward, and make things happen. Hey, Terry. Okay. Terry doesn't have a schedule that he makes. His schedule Somebody is else makes my schedule. Him. It's true. <laughs> He works and for I the get, man. I work for the man, and sometimes my schedule is chaotic. Like today, I looked at the due dates for the remainder of this series, and we'd already talked about what dates they were going to be due. And I think, well, I'm not sure who got into the dates, but they're obviously wrong, so I'm going to have to have a conversation with them because <laughs> instead of being 70 days between each release, it's like 56, 91 45. I'm like, that's not even close. That's not even close. That's, uh, wow. That's some chaotic no. numbering. That's, that, that, so, that, no. The chat's TVT came up with those numbers. <laughs> I, I mean, keep calling those out. Someone's going to yell bingo at some point. They're not even close to one another. What's going on here? So I'll send him an email and then he'll go dig into it and figure out what's wrong and change the dates. <laughs> That's me. Like somebody put the wrong numbers in the spreadsheet. I Somebody's would say, yeah, something happened. <laughs> something happened. So, he'll, it'll get fixed. I have no doubt. So what we're saying is. So while we have to worry about this, all you have to worry about is hitting your deadlines. Which, yes. I'm not discounting that as a big thing. The fact you keep hitting those deadlines and so many of them is pretty pretty goddamn impressive. Six books a year is busy, and I'm impressive. actually going to have knocked off seven since I did the Empire book as well. So, yeah, it's been busy. I always wonder if it's easier if you've got someone else setting the deadlines. Which uh, it I, I is part of, for me. Part of part of my struggle is I can get books done. I can hit a deadline for recording, but my own writing, it's often like slide. I'm not really beholden to anyone else, which is why sometimes one of the strategies is set up arbitrary deadlines. That's why I've got like every Saturday ten pages a deadline. I know I'm going to have to get this sucker done and out and delivered well before July of next year, right. because. That's when my ass should be going if, to Detroit. If so, the young one is not a good deadline setter for you. Maybe you need to talk to the MG, so he can go every Sunday. Go, where's my papers? <laughs> oh well, I think the daughter is going to be much better at that than the MG. Yeah, you've not. They're they're disgustingly similar. Um, <laughs> if if for those who have children. Um, a common maternal curse is, I hope you have one who's just like you. And um, yes, it held. It totally held. I have a small, shady little intellectual snob who devours books and will tell me exactly what is wrong. I got one just like me. But she has the confidence <laughs> that I did not have as a teenager, so she can sass me back as much as she wants within reason. I am not going to squish that confidence. Um, but arbitrary deadlines. It's enough knowing that I've got to do it, and plus just telling people that you're going to do something is another level of accountability. And then it's how do yeah, I make the is. time to do that? So, I don't know. I use planners because, not necessarily I because I always stick to them but i'm very much like you see the calendar behind me mm -hmm. that forces me it's it's top of mind so as long as the schedule and what i have to do is within my you know range of vision 
it will get done. And that, that usually helps to have some kind of list. When I could actually share what I'm writing as I write it, my Patreon mm -hmm. was good for me having accountability of doing chapters. Mm -hmm. I thought about that, about setting one up and I'm like, it's the first project and it's not necessarily off brand, but it's not necessarily, it, it, it's not the sort of thing that a core audience uh, that's read what I've written before or heard me narrate what I do would be interested that may very well be the case, but it's still a great way for doing accountability because once you've got somebody paying you money to see those chapters on a regular schedule, suddenly there's a pressure to make that happen. True. There is. True. There is. Patreon is, like I basically told them, uh, for famous, you know, you're going to get hell. <laughs> and that means I have to go finish that completely and I have to record it before December 22nd. Because that's when Fiend Mist begins. So I got to get that done so they can have their seven days of Fiend Mist or whatever the hell it is that I ended up coming up with. So uh, that that's another reason to get Extinction done. And then also the same kind of thing as Track 9. Mm. Yeah. We use the same approach in work. If you tell a client about it, it has to happen. But that means that we never discuss future features. Yay, Matt. <laughs> yeah, the moment you mention a future feature, holy shit. Brett's work deadlines, though, I mean, unless you're a creative at work, they are easier to hit. You still find that. Plus, salary justification is a great way to create accountability. <laughs> yeah. Ha having, that, having that financial piece there or being able to manifest that is helpful. Like, there's, there's one um, – actually, that's a terrible idea. Never mind. I'm not going to bring that so – I'll trust me. Um, but – I'm putting intrigued. putting a money amount on it can help. So I I mean I initially thought, well, if I do ten pages, I could do like five bucks a page, and then have fifty bucks at the end of the week. And I'm like, no, I can't really do that. I need to save money anyway. So let me not do that. I'll just try ten well, pages I, a week I and, and keep it going. Slave wages, five bucks an hour. You know, it's not like Dickens. I'm not getting paid per word. Please, may I have <laughs> another word? Ah, it's Please, Stephen King be making so much even more money than he is now be ridiculous <sighs> he's got really worried in his old age i think I, I've, I've said this before i think once you get really really established as a trad pub author you're less likely to have an editor or you're less likely to have editors who are really going to winnow down what you have just look at stephen king there you go yeah and he's not the so. worst example he's just the most one the most convenient one but mm. uh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's Who a is problem. the worst example? Oh my God. I can go back to literary times and say William Faulkner. <laughs> my mother He's is got a fish. one fucking part of a book. That's like a goddamn novella. That's, that's something like one sentence. It's an ungodly number of pages long. Yeah. Your mic, your mic keeps cutting out, Paul. Do you hear that V? Yes. Okay. So it's not just me. It's okay. you. Well, I don't know what you want me to do about it. Just let you know. If you don't know there's a problem, you don't know there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, was Faulkner's signature move? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Make him so yeah. special to everybody. Ah, I would the run on oh. Yes. Who else writes a wordy? Who else is wordy or not just wordy, but needs to thin down their plots a bit? David Weber. Yeah. And Another I think, part of editing. I, I think, yeah. And I think definitely Tom Clancy at his stuff before he passed, not the stuff that he collapsed on, but the later stuff, the man was wordy to start yeah. with. And Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. David Weber is a friend and I like his work, <laughs> but he could definitely use with some trimming down of, of the narrative. Of, of the meeting, after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. God, that's such a problem, though, man. It's such a problem. And I really, we, you know, we've talked about this. The only really way to do that is to say they had a meeting and then, like, condense it down into three freaking paragraphs. 
Well, I don't know about that. I'm just saying that I'm pretty confident that there are some per- some superfluous words in there. It's superfluous cats. Your pounce agrees. <laughs> Whose word he needs to cut down? Now I've seen ISO 9001 documentation. Yeah. Yes, yes, but that is a hallmark of ISO 9001 documentation. Brett says, I think most writers are worried to start with. Most. Yeah, well, it's, not just, it's not just the words, though. It's also about plot elements that just go nowhere, that never get removed. Mm-hmm. Subplots that, that should not be there, that, that lend nothing to mm-hmm. the story and aren't even interesting. It's stuff like that. It's, it's also that, those pieces. I wonder, looking at Uh-oh. David Weber, one of the things that he does is he's got a very expansive universe. Lots of mm-hmm. things are going on. He's always jumping from place to place to place to place to place to place, character to character to character. And it's gotten so large that in his Honor Harrington universe, he actually has three distinct main plot lines that are running through the story. That you've got Honor Harrington and you've got two others with other main characters. And he'll like offset the books like, this book will cover from here to here time-wise. The next book will be mm-hmm. here to here, but from somebody else's perspective. So some of the events may actually cross-pollinate. Yeah. And you're like, right. it feels like, I've repeated this. I know these things. Even though I know what he's doing, it just seems overly complicated. But no, yeah. that's, you say that, but that's a common thread in um, shared universe romance stuff that I've read. Um, where the story, be, where like, it's really trying to not outline what I have because I know that the events, like the events that hit halfway through the first book wind up being like the quarter point for the second book. And while some stuff might get repeated, it's not the huge thing. I know it's not it, but it's still that, that repeated bit, Mm -hmm. but it's the perspective Usually so the events are not the same. You'll just hear mention of something that took place. Okay. So it's, it's not like they're actually, they're not even in the same area of space. So the events aren't actually usually cross going. You like, okay. you, do you like reading things like Empire of Bones? I don't know what your personal reading taste is like. So that's why I'm asking. I generally, I've, I've read everything. The problem that I have is that if I... It's very hard for me to read in the same genre that I'm either writing in or narrating in because there'll be like some cross pollination. So, I mean, looking at looking at the stuff that I go back to that I used to go back and reread all the time. Um, I guess one of my actually I haven't read in a while and I should. Um, one of my like going back comfort reads was uh, David Edding's um, The Belgariad. Yeah. And going back and reading that because it was just it was a nice, easygoing epic with really good dialogue. It is. This is true. What I was going to suggest is sampling his Honor Harrington books, David Weber's. It starts off with On Basilic Station, and it's a regular paper-sized book. But by the time you get halfway through it, these are they're monster Lord of the Rings hardbacks, <laughs> as is what the size of the book has turned into. And the story is gripping. It's got a very strong female lead. And the story is great. It's just, I don't know how many millions of words have been spent on it, but I'd wager a few million probably could have been trimmed. And yeah, and that's sometimes when I'm reading stuff, it's really hard. Well, it's hard to turn off like your inner editor to go, really, you're using this many words? Why did you not just, you know? But then I've been accused of not describing enough when I write. And I don't want this to be seen as as a shot at him. It's not. It's just he's an example of somebody that writes a lot of words. Yeah. And everyone has their personal preference how they want to take in a story. Do you want all of the details filled in so your brain doesn't have to work it as hard? Mm. Do you you like, like, you know, follow along? 
Do you like or, a mixture of science fiction and fantasy? Yeah. I don't have a problem with with that with like a technology fantastical blur as long as it can make sense, as long as there's a good reason for it. Like once once I finally like reconciled in my brain that Star Wars is not science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy where there is a high tech component. I'm good. Let me post a book into the live channel here. And I'll even post the, the audiobook version of it there because audiobooks, you know, that's the way it is. Stop. Go down. I, I oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just what did I just finish listening to? Oh, Hello? correct. Because nah. right. I can listen to Ray Porter all damn day. I've posted a book there for you, also by David Weber. Oh, that yeah, is, it's a combination of fantasy and science fiction. It's science fiction in that the main character is a science fiction character, but the world that they're operating in is basically a fantasy world. Okay. And it's extremely well done as far as that. And that's got a lot of social commentary going on there. I think that's something you might approve of as far as listening. Matt says, when you stop being wordy, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy follows girl across country, boy gets shot because he has no fucking clue how the city works. Too short? Perfect. <laughs> okay, Baldrick. <laughs> Once when there was a tiny little sausage named Baldrick. The end. <laughs> oh, look. Looks. Mm. Uh, Matt will get the reference. Anyway, um, it's curious. We moved from from plans into editing, but editing is one of those things that has to get to get scheduled too. I mm -hmm. buy you or to a pro to do what they do, or your oh, beta yeah. readers or whatever. And it's all and sometimes knowing and, and knowing that you've got to get whatever you know, raw stuff to that next stage, that can be a good way to set a deadline because, you know, that in, in those cases, it's someone who's, they're not generating their own work. Whereas we are generating our own work. They're just, they're getting it in. It's like, okay, I expect to have this, you know, script on this date so that I can start the editing process. And we set up that I can expect to have this amount of work in. So they can, so they can, right. you know, get, get, get moving. So setting, making that appointment or that, yeah, that appointment to have, <laughs> you know, an editor go over it. Well, no, like I'll, I've learned I need to do it for audiobooks because I outsource all my editing. So right. I need to be able right. to tell right. the editor, you're going right. to have, you know, so many finished hours by this date so that I can deliver to the author or the publisher but it's not that way. It's not an arbitrary deadline. You're still owing it to someone, but it's not the finished product. You've got deadlines for those steps. Same thing with the cover art. Uh, there are a lot of authors who will commission cover art um, as a, as another like stepping stone. So by the time I have the cover art for the book, I should have, you know, 60% of it written so that I can start teasing out the cover and pieces and all that to fans. God, I'd love to have the cover two months in advance because <laughs> then I can plan all the marketing. That'd be really nice. I just need to adjust things uh, properly to make that happen. But that's well, you're not the only one who struggles on, with on communication because, dear God, I suck at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's rough. And of course, if you don't hear from somebody like uh, uh, hey, there's a fine line uh, between I'm bugging you or I should probably touch base. Yeah. 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 It's just it, it for, for, for people who have difficulty asking people for things, it is worse. <laughs> Agreed. Totally I communicate agree. at times. Perry, so he doesn't have these problems. There we go. I've got my own set of problems. 
this is true. You have different problems. We all have different issues. Hey, some of us have subscriptions. Subscriptions? Yeah, some people have issues. I have subscriptions. Now, I want to show this off because this little model was used to create the Outbreak cover. That's so freaking So cool. he created an actual 3D model and then got everything done with all just lighting and uh, some Photoshop magic, I assume. But now I have a permanent Petri dish of M2. Thank you, Pondy. That would be really cool to do something similar, like a 3D print and do like bookends. Oh, wow. That's yeah. actually a really good idea. Hmm. Maybe that's what I'll do when I'm finally ready to collect the black into a single hardback collection. I, there, there, I'm now. telling you, there's, there's a Kickstarter thing. You can get like, you know, commission 3D printing and Let, let's, let's so wait for the big thing. See how pissed off people are when they finish Extinction and then we'll figure out if there's going to be a hardback collection. <laughs> I have to say, I mean... this is the hardest, I shouldn't use that word, this is the most difficult 7% of a novel I've ever had to write. It even makes destruction look easy. It, it just, this has been the most pain in the ass getting this thing done because of, of how much attention I've tried to pay to making it accurate and then trying to figure out, okay, at what point are we jumping the shark? So I'm trying not to jump the shark, but I may jump the shark a little bit, a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see if the beta readers tell me to die back. Or they may say, there's not enough damage. And then, you know, then I failed. So we'll see. I'm more really worried about this book. Obviously. So I never completed a series. Well, that's not true. Their book was complete. I never completed a series of different books. Never completed the Black series. Shut up! You'll, I know what you'll I'm talking get about. There. You'll get there. Yeah, the Black Collector set with them two bookends. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> I may have to have that printed at some point. Merch. We need merch. Need merch. Need the black in a can. So now we know what plans and how to schedule things and that we need dates, but we don't have to have them be rule and try to run our lives with everything that goes on. But we need to try mm -hmm. and adhere to them as much as possible with that little tidbit of wisdom. What else we got? One of the bits of advice that always comes up with the kind of like the after action report, like how to plan and what you want to set goals for the upcoming year is when you start to look at your year or quarters, the first thing that you put in is your free time. Now you put in your vacation, you put in the time that you don't want to work and you hold it sacred. So for me, it's always, I know I've got vacations coming up or I know that I've got work conferences coming up and those, yeah. again, I use my planner partly because I need to have it in my hands but also me and my lovely OCD, you know, kind of like Leo and his constant grooming of Terry. Oh, your eyebrows are dirty, dad. I must clean them. He's getting my oh. sideburn. Oh, wow. and now the I top mean, of my head. You're going to have a little the bald spot right there where the cat has just licked everything off. So I actually sit down and I put quarters together. So each page is a quarter. Mm. And... Gotcha. I sit down and take the time and I put dates in, but the stuff that I put in first thing is stuff that I have to, that I, I have to be at. So like I put in the kids spring break because I'd rather not work during that time unless I absolutely have to. Um, Bowling season. Got, yeah, that's season. the next thing. I've got... <laughs> rabbit season um but those you know those things um i've already got the author nation conference in there i've got thanksgiving break in there already um i've got start dates for both high school and for colleges so i know when stuff is because 
I won't be around. I won't be in the house in the booth to record. So I know that when I start planning out books, I can go, I've got this week, I've got this week. And I can't promise you're going to have that book by this date. Let me shove it a week forward. So that way, when an author contacts me and maybe another deadline is, well, I want to have a rapid release of the audiobooks. So I want to release the print one, two, three. And then when print book two is coming out, I want the audiobook for book one to come out. How do I do that? I can say, oh, well, I can schedule this book for April and this book for May and this book for June. So, so, you know, I know what's coming up and I know what to plan around, but leaving enough time yeah, you listen to writers. in case, what? I said, are you listening writers? This is what your audiobook folk go through. Mm, yeah. But making time that like I've learned after, if I have a week of travel, I should not plan to be in the booth for at least three days after I get home because something could happen with my voice and I need to give it time to yep. recover, which is what happened with the Vegas. crud or you've been talking too much or both. Yeah. Um, and just like the, just the difference in, in environment. Um, but it's, it's keeping, it's keeping that top of mind and making sure I can refer back to it. But knowing that there are certain cycles, I know not to plan anything big in September and October because I'm stuck in a bowling alley. But that's okay. Because it also won't last forever. This is true. Speaking mm -hmm. of merch, there's stuff for the Dead Robots Club. We do not have merch. We do not. We do not have. We merch. do not. I think the only the only thing that we have is if you catch me like in person at a With con where I actually have the ribbons, and you could get a DRS ribbon. Well, I've been meaning to commission a new a new logo, an updated logo, um, and just haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, what kind of merch do you want? Coffee cups. We totally need coffee cups. Coffee cups, yeah. I, I think coffee cups are, are a no-brainer. So can you make we... coffee cups with a like a tentacle coming out of it or something? If I did the graphics, oh, actually, that, that would be a question for Pondy. That would be a question for <laughs> Pondy because he's done that kind of shit. No, what would be cool is if you had one of those color-changing ones and once you put the hot coffee in there then like the top fades to like white or blue and you see the black just rising out of it. That would be the shit. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> Little dead robot action figure. You are just a sicko. What is wrong with you? Well, you could like the little, the little vinyl, like the little vinyl pins that are in like a little dead robot shape. Mugs and a t-shirt. Those are not skinny yet. <laughs> Well, it's got to be the size where I can actually wear it. So there you go. Menu. What in the hell? Oh, did you really? Wow. I don't even know if we still have that store. What in the hell are you doing? Get treat, change scene to file, start menu.tsc. What are you doing? Are you popping into the wrong window or are you trying to uh, hack this <laughs> yeah, the window? Sorry, guys. Wrong window. Start menu pass. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Confused. You know, there should be a rule about programming while we're talking. <laughs> but your comments saying some merchandise. Like, I personally love AI Revolution. Veronica. <laughs> yeah, about uh, that. Uh, kind of words. That's going to get you kicked. You bad person. You post a picture on Facebook. Okay, cool. I don't even have one of those. Terry, do you have a DRS mug? I do not. Well, I say that, but I don't believe I do. No. Huh. Huh. A cat calendar. Oh. Oh, my God. Actually, quite right there. You know, Brett's idea of a cat calendar. Terry, if you... If you didn't have like a cat calendar on like your top tier for your Patreon with 
your select your your grand selection of uh, feline overlords, you are missing out on an opportunity right there. That's true. I mean, I only have now, three, and I can only pose them so many ways before I'll, you know, get eaten. The real question but... is: Is he going to pose with them nude? I mean, you can. I think we can avoid have that. Nude, lying on his side, and he can have uh... all the pussy. Just you know. Well, you're going to just have to keep your fantasies to yourself and request that you know, later. I think that's while, a top, top tier. While we don't do kink shaming on this show, mm. we might make an exception <laughs> for that. Leo doesn't approve. I'm sorry. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. That's a sorry guy. The body's approaching self-imposed, but still trying to hit it while real life is getting in the way. Dude, we understand. It's, it's Oh, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Maybe JR is awesome. Terry Mixon. Yeah, that's definitely true. Let's see. How about Kelsey is the real hero of the story, JR Handley? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I'll check it out. Wow. So JR's going to have his own mug printed that says Team Jared on it. He's going to send you one. Is that what's going to Actually, actually, there, there's another opportunity. You know, Terry, you have two mugs. You have Team Kelsey and Team, team Jared. Jared and just... Team Kelsey. You wouldn't have to choose sides. Just, you know. Right Maybe down. have one one side, one the other side. There we go. You're covered. That works, too. That works, too. Hmm. Which side would you be on, Terry? Team Kelsey all the way. I kind of figured. Graveyard jokes and coolie mugs. <laughs> It'd be interesting. I, I, there's there's all sorts of things we've got to do with my with my little uh, mascot, my little parasite logo uh, for Shadow Publications. There's a lot of different stuff I want to do with that, especially since he's kind of featured in an ancient trap. Um, in a way, in a way, <laughs> if you ever read the book, I'm not going to say why. Um, but uh, yeah, a mug that changes from one to the other when it gets hot. Old, yep. Bodies rise from the grave. I bet you somebody's made something like that, where the bodies come up from the grave. Somebody's got to make that a mug like that. I don't even know where you get those kind of mugs made. I don't even know who does that. Tattoo flash art. I don't even know what the hell that is. I mean, I know what a tattoo is, but I don't know what flash art is. Is that the stuff that sticks around in your skin for like half half a, half a month or something? I do not now know. I'm intrigued. I have to know. See, he's hip. He knows all the things. Between Ant- he and Antoine, I think they have it covered. It's a blueprint for a tattoo. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, okay, okay. A tattoo stencil. Oh. Got it. Got it. Got it. I was so confused. I was so confused. Okay. That makes sense. I'll get one of those on my back. How are you going to get one of those on your back with all that hair? There's really not that much hair. Mm, so you can say. shave hair. Yeah. You've seen me without a shirt. Was I all furry like Robin Williams? You know, it depends. You know, in private, I might say no. In public, I'm going to say, you look like a Tribble. Okay, that's what I figured. A DRS tramp stamp. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is so bad. I love it. And I'm frozen. <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah, a great position to be frozen in. It was. The expression of your face totally matched what was going on. Amazing how that happens when the conversation turns to excessive body hair and tramp stamps. <laughs> well, if you have a comment or suggestion for merchandise that does not involve bad-dragon.com, you can find us at uh, show at robotsociety.com. You can find me on Mastodon at Paul underscore E underscore Cooley at 
dyrc.social. You can find us on Facebook at the writing community, the Dev Robot Society writing community. There we go. My God. You did it. Why is it so, why is it so hard for me to remember? Good job. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com. Oh my God. YouTube.com slash DRS podcast, where we are live every Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash DRS podcast and buymeacopy.com slash DRS podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to exclusive content like the live show after dark, just coming up soon. I am very terrified to know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> So with that, uh, I think we're, t- we're it's time for us to get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. It was a joy as as always. Thank you, chat. And I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving for those of you in the States. For everybody else, hope you just have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Whoa, he just bugged up before the stream ended. Look at that. Y'all scared Paul so much he left early. Wow. He didn't even bother stopping the stream before he ran out.